Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's Gospel is about Jesus performing the miracle of walking on the water. And yet, what's so interesting about this story, the key figure of the story is not Jesus. Instead, it's Peter. Now, the very beginning of this Gospel for this weekend picks up exactly where we left off last weekend. Remember last weekend, Jesus performs that great miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and feeds 5,000 people. Well, now, as we begin this weekend's Gospel, he tells the apostles to basically go forward, go across the lake, he'll catch up with them while he dismisses the crowd and goes and prays. Now, after he dismisses the crowd, it says he went to a deserted place and prayed to the Father. Now stop right there. That's typical for a day in the life of Jesus Christ. If you study the Gospels, every day Jesus always managed to find some time in which he went off on his own to pray to the Father. Well, so should we. If prayer was important for Jesus to do every day, well, it should be for us. We should be people of prayer. There's no way someone can say, you know, I've got a great relationship with God. I've really got a strong faith. And yet at the same time say, you know, I just don't have time to pray. Well, you're just kidding yourself. Or it's just like, wife or a husband that says, you know, I speak to my spouse maybe once or twice a week, but we've got a really strong marriage. Well, it's doomed for failure. If you look at faith, boil it down to its very nuts and bolts, faith is all about relationship with us and God. And a vital component to that relationship is communication. And that's what prayer is. Therefore, we must follow the example of Christ. Every day of our life, we must, like Christ, find a deserted place and pray. We should be creative about it. Say, for example, in the morning, on your way to work, turn off the radio. Now you're all alone in the car, well, pray. Or maybe during the day, you're running errands. Again, you're alone in the car, well, turn your phone off and turn the radio off, and now there's your time to pray. Or maybe you're an early riser, and you get up early in the morning before the rest of the house gets up, well, now that's your time to pray. If Jesus thought prayer was important, and he did, well, so should we. We must be people of prayer. Now, the story continues. The apostles get into the boat together. Well, that's a great symbol of our church, isn't it? The apostles are the foundation of the church. Therefore, they're in that boat together. And yet, they're being tossed about by the waves. Now, one thing that we have to understand Travel in the ancient world was always very dangerous, but travel by sea was very perilous. And there were great storms that would kick up that would be very unpredictable. You know, today in our day and age, we have Doppler radar in which we can see storms coming and we can prepare for them. But back then they didn't. So these storms would kick up very unpredictably. 
That's why ships in the ancient world, they would navigate parallel to the shoreline so that if a storm suddenly did kick up, they could immediately go to the shore and weigh anchor and weather the storm out. That's why ships never strayed that far off the shore. Well, the apostles' boat now has. The storm symbolizes chaos. Now realize, chaos has tossed about our church throughout the centuries in many different ways. I'll give you some examples. The first three centuries of our church, our church faced the great persecution, the Roman Empire persecuting the church for what we celebrate every weekend, the Mass. It put thousands of people to death, created many, many martyrs for just living out the faith. How about the 14th century, the great Western schism in which three men declared themselves to be Pope and fractured our church. A hundred years later, you had the Great Reformation in which Martin Luther leads a revolt and takes many Catholics away from the church and establishes the Lutheran church. Or even in our day and age, you get the clergy sexual abuse scandal. Well, throughout the centuries, our church has been rocked by storms or chaos. If there's anything, though, that helps us to prove that the Holy Spirit, God, is truly present in our church, that despite all the chaos and storms that have rocked our church, our church is still in existence. It's still alive and well. That tells you that the Holy Spirit must be living in inside our church in order to continue to thrive despite the chaos or the storms that have plagued us throughout the centuries. Now get back to the story. It says at the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came walking towards them. The fourth watch of the night is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., typically the darkest time of the night. He walks towards the apostles to rescue them. Well, the apostles are terrified. Well, naturally so. So would you and I be if we saw somebody walking on the water. Jesus calls out to them and they find out who he is. Yet notice, only Peter is no longer afraid. And it's only Peter amongst the other 12 that summons the courage to get out of the boat and begin to walk towards Jesus. Therein lies a powerful lesson for us. With the power of Christ in our life, we can overcome any chaos or any storm that comes into our life. And we do have chaos in our life from time to time. It comes in many different forms. No one's immune from it. This chaos can come in the form of depression, anxiety, or poor health. It can come, come in the form of a strained relationship or a failed marriage. It can come in the form of daily stress or unemployment. It comes in many different forms. And yet the key is to follow the example of Peter, who focused his entire attention on Christ. Peter was able to walk on the water because his complete attention was on Christ. Nothing distracted him or nothing came between him and Christ. And therefore, he had the power of Christ to now walk on the water. See, that's a great example, a great lesson for us. You know, when we have our full attention on God, when we are riveted our attention on Christ such that our life is ordered to God, such that nothing stands in our way between us and God, then we have the power of Christ the power to overcome any chaos that comes into our life. I'll give you a great example of this. Several years ago, I was able to minister to a young woman 
She was in her late 20s, and she suffered from MS. And it was a severe MS, such that her arms and legs were so contracted, she could no longer move them. She was bedridden. And yet every time that I would visit her, she would always have a smile on her face. Every time that I visited her, she always spoke with great joy about the presence of God in her life. See, that was the strength of Christ. Christ gave her the courage to persevere. Her entire attention was focused on Christ. Her life was ordered to our Lord. Therefore, now she had the power of Christ to walk over the chaos of her illness. She didn't allow her illness to defeat her. I think that's a great lesson for us all. Whatever the chaos may be in our life, and it comes in many different forms, no one's immune from it. With the power of Christ in our life, we can walk over or overcome that chaos. Now, the story continues. Peter makes a great mistake. He looks away. His attention now is on something else, something other than Christ. He's focused on the wind and the waves and the storm. As a result, he begins to sink. Well, when we encounter chaos in our life, the worst thing that we could do is turn away, turn our attention away from Christ, and now focus on something else. Focus maybe on ourself, our pride, our ego. Focus on power or honor or material possessions, whatever it may be. Great example of this. We've all known that statistic that two-thirds of Catholics here in the United States don't practice their faith. Well, a Pew Research poll came out about a year or two ago, and now it's even worse. Seventy-five percent of all Catholics in the United States don't practice their faith. It's a great example of you know, people who have now turned their attention away from Christ and onto something else in this world. Well, that can't be for us. You know, when we do that, when we turn our attention away from Christ, we'll sink in the midst of our chaos. The chaos, whatever it may be, will get the best of us, and we'll feel like we're overwhelmed and we're drowning. Well, next, as Peter is going down, notice the detail here. He yells out for help, but he yells out for Christ's help. It's very interesting. You know, he could have easily yelled out to the apostles. They're in the boat. They could have easily wheeled the boat around and picked him up. Or they could have easily thrown him a line and pulled him into the boat. But he didn't. He yelled for Christ. He called for help specifically directed at Jesus because he knew Christ and only Christ could rescue him. We too must recognize that Christ and only Christ can rescue us from drowning in the chaos of our life, whatever form it takes. Therefore, it's important for us to call out to him so he can rescue us. And we can call out to him many different ways, through prayer, at Mass, through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Those just are a few ways in which we call out to Jesus, especially those words that Peter used, Lord, save me, and Christ will. He'll stretch out his hands and he'll catch us from falling. Now notice, in the story, he grabs Peter, he helps him into the boat, and then he says to them, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Now don't make the mistake that you think that Jesus is chastising or admonishing Peter, that he's criticizing him. No, not at all. In fact, on the contrary, what Jesus is really saying to Peter is, Peter, did you really think 
that I would allow anything to harm you? Did you really think that I would just stand here and allow you to drown? Don't you know I'm here to protect you always? I think that's what Jesus was trying to tell Peter. Well, allow those words to resonate deep with inside of us. You know, that holds so true for us. That's what Jesus wants for us. You know, this clearly is on display last week in Paul's letter to Romans, in which Paul talks about God's love. He says, with Jesus' love, we can overwhelmingly overcome anything in our life. And it's that love that is never taken away from us. More to it, Paul says, it's God's love that now calls out to us to draw closer to him. And it's that love that stretches out and catches us from falling. It reassures us that nothing will ever harm us. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread this story, put yourself in the place of Peter, be riveted on Jesus Christ. He is to whom your life should be ordered to. When you do that, then you have the power of Christ in your life. You can walk over any chaos that comes into your life. And even if you find yourself sinking, call out to Jesus, just like Peter did, Lord, save me. And he will. He will stretch out his hand and he will grab you and draw you closer to him, which is where Christ always wants us to be. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.